Hi, I'm Colleen Nelson, licensed therapist, trauma expert, and fellow badass woman ready to rise up right alongside you. This podcast, Let the Rest Burn, is for the woman who has ignored, attacked, or even silenced her inner voice because she thought it was broken and needed to be fixed. It's for the woman who is ready to rise up and fully step into her desire, her joy, her full power, and make the impact she was destined to make. For the woman who cannot stand one more second waiting, watching, and witnessing the world crumble and is ready to rebuild and expand into a better future. For a woman who is so done trying to fix the world, she decided to start with healing herself and she let the rest burn. Hello and welcome back to Let the Rest Burn with Coco Nelson. I am here with Christopher Lewis. He's a dating and relationship coach. He is also the host of his own podcast, Dating Intelligence. And I met Christopher in Florida at PodFest. And I cannot tell you how happy I am that we had that chance meeting. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Chris. I'm going to have to use this intro. What's up? What's up, people? Let's do it, do it right. Today. Yeah, right. Hi, Colleen. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This is an honor. I have listened to your podcast. I've you know watched you work and um, you have the most fascinating conversations. So I can't wait to see more of what you're doing. But today we are here to talk about you and uh, your- I thought we were going to flip the script. I was hoping <laughs> we were going to talk more about you on today. You know, that's why I'm here. Oh, you are, we- well, you are welcome to do that, but I'll flip it right back. Okay. All right. Let, let's let's get me out of the way and then we'll jump into you because this, this is the fun <laughs> stuff. It's, it's weird for me to be on the opposite side of this. So, Isn't it? I know. Yeah, I, I hear yeah. you. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So my question I ask everybody is, what did you have to burn mm-hmm. along the way, along your path of life in order to become the full, fully expressed version of yourself that you are today? And what maybe do you still need to burn in order to become even more fully expressed? Ooh, I like this. Well, um, that's this is probably a, um, an easy one for me. Um, one thing that I truly pride myself in and what I try to tell everyone is the fact that um, for myself, I had to let my ego go. And I did that mm. at a very young age. Um, it's one of those things where And by the way, we need our ego for confidence. We need our ego for, you know, just moving forward and just that thing. But, you know, like that, that energy that we put out there, especially as a male. Um, But I, but I let people know that there's one thing that I pride myself in. And I I say, I have no ego. And the reason why I say that it's because I, it allowed me to find out who my, what my true authentic self is Mm -hmm. and what it means to me. And so, and for me, it's just learning how to be aware, compassionate, and just, um, you know, just my, my, I'm in tune with everything. And that's something that you have to be in order to really, really know about others, to get along mm-hmm. with others. And just quite frankly, just to appreciate humans in general. Um, as, as a kid, I always told myself, you know, one of the things that I always wanted to do is just, I, I always found for some reason, Colleen, I, I, I know what my worth is. And I know what my place is, why I'm put on this earth. And that's to make a difference people in general. You know, me being a black male, Growing up in um, in an all white society, I have to say for myself, um, mm-hmm. you know, my mom, dad, you know, my dad's a doctor, my mom's a psychologist. Um, we were considered the Huxables growing up in uh, in all this <laughs> in our world. So, um, being upper middle class and not being around many blacks as well, I had to really learn how to adapt and to find my way in in, yeah. in that society. And I did that quite well by just allowing myself just to be my true authentic self. 
um, allowing myself to learn and to adapt. And that's basically it. So I try to let a lot of people out there know, especially a lot of men in general, just that you have, in order to understand women better, you need to let go of your ego. Because Ooh. when the ego gets involved, you know, we, as I like to say, we get our butt hurt and we get, when we get upset or we get our egos bruised and we don't know how to navigate that sometimes as men. So um, I try to put that out there as much as I can to a lot of people. And quite frankly, it just makes the world a lot better place to be in. Oh, I do. I do love that you speak to this in your world because I think a lot of us are navigating dating and mm -hmm. I want to get into what the ego actually is here in a minute, because I do think it's good to clarify uh, that word is thrown around in so many different capacities. So I want to hear your definition for it so we can really dig into what does it mean to actually let go of your ego and how do we actually do that? Because it's, it's right. challenging. So how would you define what the ego is? So ego for me, it's like, so I'll, I'll give you my, my, what I feel like I pride my ego on. And it's just, once again, I said, it's just knowing your worth and knowing, and knowing that you're confident that that's what we need ego. And ego is something that, you know, it can put you in any room and just make sure that you're just as good as anyone else. That's something that I pride myself on. Now, the negative side of ego for me is when we use it for, and I hate using this word, but I'm, word, but I'm going to use it anyways for evil. <laughs> you know, yep, it's yep. like I said, when, when people feel like, they need to become something else when it's not going their way. And, you know, okay, a okay. lot of people abuse it for certain things as far as like, once again, I'm going to use myself being a male. Um, it's yeah. one of those things where a lot of guys use it to put down others, you know, to make okay. themselves look better in front of others. And I just, mm -hmm. I don't think that that's something that should be used that way. Oh, okay. I love that. So in the therapy world, we call that projection. Okay. Right. So it's like, it's, you are taking this falsified version of yourself and you're projecting your shit onto other people <laughs> in order to make you feel better. Right. So this is like the ego I think about as like the personified self, the, the part of us that is very human, that is very mm -hmm. like, this is who I am, but it is, it is not necessarily our intuition, our deeper knowing, our, our collective authentic soul, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's this conglomerate of experiences that we've had since we were little, all kind of smooshed together into this persona, <laughs> trying to live life as a human. So we we need to be compassionate with that side of ourselves. We need mm -hmm. to be understanding that this is just us trying to live in the world, but our ego should never actually be the one that is making the decisions and showing themselves when we are trying to connect and be intimate with people. But That's it is correct. oftentimes what we put on the forefront because it feels safest to do so. Right. Yes. That's exactly true. And and like you said, something that we put forward when we feel like we're insecure and we're scared mm -hmm. about knowing um, going going any deeper. In all yes. honesty, right? So I feel yes. once again, I once again, I always say like, if you allow yourself just to remove your ego out of play, and just allow yourself to really understand who you truly are, or who you truly can be as a person, like I said, it just, it just makes life easier. You know, it's like your energy, it just projects your energy out there so much more it just makes you just it, your worth, you know, your worth so much more, um, mm -hmm. you know, you, you move along doing everything just more confidently. And, and as we say, what is they always say? There's like this quiet confidence that people should have. It never should have yes. to be fully outright and showed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So how do we do this? Uh, my, my, my question to you is, Chris, in particular, how did you do this as a kid? Like you said, you grew up in a predominantly white community mm -hmm. as the Huxables, right? Yeah. <laughs> how, did you, how did you check your ego here? There's, that's a lot to face as a young man. 
Yeah, that's that's a good one too. Um, well, first and foremost, let, you know, if we backtrack, so um, what, the reason why I do what I do is because I tell everyone that I am an advocate for women. I'm a guy who just loves women, who knows women really well, and I want to teach women. I want to teach guys how to be better for women, but I also mm-hmm. want women how to understand guys better because, quite frankly, we're all idiots, right? So yeah. that's something that I always <laughs> yes. say. You know, I put myself in that category as well, even though I'm well beyond well beyond that, but I still put myself in that category. Um, but growing up wise, you know, growing up in a house full of women, trying to figure out and understand what my role is in a house full of women, you know, my mom and two mm-hmm. sisters, older and younger. Um, I'm always, I always felt like the minority, even in that. So it yeah. started from, for me in the household, you know, growing up without a dad, even though my dad's amazing. I love him to death. He's been in our lives the whole time, but just navigating a house full of women in itself, it's, 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 it's huge. So mm-hmm. once I learned how to do that, it just started overflowing into other parts of my life. Like, you know, I'm, I'm once again, getting in touch with my feminine side, you know, it's one mm-hmm. of those things where a lot of people are afraid of that. And it's just a part of you where you're just more secure about sharing your emotions, allowing yourself to speak and communicate what most people won't. Because as a male, once again, the first thing is said, it's like, you know, don't show don't show them that side of you. You never want to show them, you know, you're, you're, you're feeling like, you know, insecure or whatever it is. So we use what, as we say, our ego to mask that and to become mm-hmm. more of this person who we think we should be. Um, so the best way I can say in order to start by getting rid of it is just to allow yourself to sit and who you think you truly are. And there's a lot of people out there, you know, even though I've met a lot of people, I'm sure you have as well, Colleen, where I can read someone out pretty quickly by just going, you know, even though you're putting on this front, that's not really the true person behind that. You know, you're just mm-hmm. putting on this front because there's others around you and you want to be this persona, but then yet behind closed doors, you're the most innocent, sweet, or whatever gentleman I've ever met in my entire life. So why can't we just lead with that foot forward without being mm-hmm. scared of who we truly are and having to put on, put a, uh, like you said, a facade on? Yeah, I totally agree. And I really think sometimes it's hard for people to understand how to do that. I think that's the piece that you're here to coach them to do. I mean, that mm-hmm. is the purpose of the dating coach, right? Is I'm coming in and I'm saying, hey, this is how I see you. This is who I see you as your truth. And this is how you're showing up in the dating world. This is how you're showing up with women. Let's really try and get your authentic self out there. And and then they have your support. They have your advice. They have your guidance so that they can start to make these decisions that are much more aligned. Because I think there's a lot of people that don't really know that the way that they show up in the world is, is a mask. Yes. They they think that's how you're supposed to do life. You're supposed to be this person here and this person here and this person here. And you just get to be yourself when you're alone <laughs> with yourself, right? That's correct. I mean, we all have a, a little bit of imposter syndrome, don't we? Yeah, bit? we, we yeah. better. Otherwise, we're narcissists, right? Like <laughs> each, each and every one of us, <laughs> right? That's correct. Yeah, for sure. No, but you're absolutely. I mean, and, and women, you know, whoever are the listeners, you know, we all like, once again, it can go both ways. I'm just, I'm only talking mm-hmm. about one side, but- Yes, my whole thing is just the fact that I want to teach people in theory on how to refine their true authentic self in order to become a better dater, in order to find what they're truly looking for. You know, um, once again, we all have our criteria of what we think we we may want, Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes it's just not exactly what we're aligned with. Um, So that's why I would say know your worth and stay in your dating lane. That's one of my favorite things to say. Everyone's got a dating lane, you know, don't, don't go outside of your lane. But until you truly know who you are, you will never know what that lane is because you're always going to be searching and looking for something that might not resonate with you. That is like the name of a perfect quiz that you should do for your funnel. What's your dating lane? (laughs) 
and how, <laughs> how can I, how I help you find it? Like you said that I'm like, what's my dating lane, Chris? Yeah. I don't know. I want to know what my dating <laughs> lane is. Um, I love that. I, that language is so powerful too, because it's, it's, authenticity is something we all want. Like most of us say, I want to be authentic. I want to be my authentic self. But when it comes down to that moment, that crossroads that you get to where you can, you can go to the right and you can say or do the authentic thing and it's hard and it's uncomfortable and it doesn't always make people happy. Or you go to the left and <laughs> you adapt or you become a chameleon or you do whatever makes these other people happy. Right. And those are the moments that matter, right? We say yeah. it all day long, but when you actually get to the crossroads, you need to make the choice to go one way or the other. Right. Now, don't what? get her wrong. They're both fun people out there. They're both <laughs> fun to explore and deal with because you got to play with it, right? To really find yes. out who you truly are. I feel like, yes. you know, there's no right right or wrong. I feel like you do need to like, I call it like, like skating on both sides of the, of the platform here. So um, you can teeter as much as you want to, but there's always an edge that we always have to look over and go, yeah, am I really going to go that way? You know, it's just not really who I am. So. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love trial and error. I think it's so amazing to, I mean, I choose left all the time. I'm like, ah, this is fun. We're going to go in this direction. I just get hit hard with misalignment, right? I get smacked in the face by the universe and they're like, we tried to show you, but yeah. you didn't listen to all the eagles and foxes and stop signs we sent you in your direction. You just bypassed all of them. Oh, so those and, are those. that's what those things are that I see sometimes buzzing around me. Okay, I got to pay attention yes. to that. Yeah. yeah, they're just, they're symbols, right? So, okay, so what are some of the crossroads in your life that you've had that you could have turned left and gone down this inauthentic part of yourself, or you could go right and go down the authentic side or some of your crossroads? Oh, man. Um, well, I can start probably back to college. It's probably where it all started for me, where I really had this um, image of who I wanted to be growing up wise. So all through high school, you know, and everything I never dated in high school, I always knew that I had to get a scholarship for school. You know, I was big mm -hmm. in the sports, but also I wanted to be, um, I wanted to be around for my mom because she's raising three of us. So I wanted to be that perfect kid. You know, my older mm. sister was all over the place. My little sister is a complete B-I-T-C-H, you know? So <laughs> so it's one of those things that was like, I had to be the good kid. And I took that responsibility on my own. So um, when I got the, but I knew when I left high school that once I got to college, it's going to be about the girls, it's going to be about the fun and all this and that. Now, mind you, this is all in my head because I didn't need to get a scholarship. <laughs> you know, my parents had money, but for some reason, I just felt like I wanted to make life easier on everyone. So why mm. be an extra burden? Um, so going off to college now, when I get there, it was just whirlwind of just different lifestyle and learning how to adapt to a new lifestyle of, that you've never been a part of, but only seeing your, of, of the image, what you wanted to be talking about imposter syndrome. I had to fit in quite frankly everywhere. So, um, yeah. so that's where I first got the, um, the big whiff of it, of learning how to mm. come to that crosswords of certain things. One of them was like, do I need to be this guy where it's just like, you know, Mr. Rico Suave and just try to swoon all the girls? Or am I just going to be once again, just Chris, who's just, you know, the guy who sits back and just takes it all in and just really nice guy. Well, mm -hmm. the nice guy thing didn't work for me. So that was a big crossroads for me because mm -hmm. I got shit on the first time. Let's just be honest. I saw this girl, she's amazing. And I, and I wanted to go out with her and we ended up going out two days later, she didn't remember my name, you know, and it just, oh. and it hurt because I was like, but I'm a good guy. You know, don't you want yes. the good guy? And then I realized going, you know what? It's not about the good guys. So I had to learn how to find my balance. And the mm -hmm. balance was just being a little bit of enough of a dick in order to make <laughs> sure that the good guy in me still kind of got to navigate what he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge uh, learning lesson for me as far as like the dating space in itself and who I was as 
you know, Christopher Lewis. Um, and I want to yeah. be the good guy, but I still need to make sure that I take charge of, you know, of these situations because once again, we can all get stepped on, run over. You know, we've all seen it in our lifetimes and just learning how to adapt with that. You know, I think the second phase for me was probably after my modeling days, you know, I did that 15 years traveling the world doing that. It was an amazing career and I moved to LA. And um, for the first time in my life, you know, I broke up with my now girlfriend who we've been together for six years, but the first time we dated back in 2001, I think 2002, I broke up there after about six months. And I mm-hmm. had the first, for the first time in my life, this is a huge crossroad for me. I had to go let her know, I don't want to cheat on you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might've met someone else and I need to break up with you. Now in the mm-hmm. past, I would have just ghosted, ran away, did whatever, didn't matter. You know, I just did what I did. Yeah. Um, but that was a huge crossroads for me on learning how to communicate what I really wanted from someone who was an amazing soul and not mm. just ghosting them because I was scared and nervous, you know, about just feeling like I didn't want to say I was going to see someone else. So, so that was a huge crossword for me as well. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And you know, what's so, so powerful about that, Christopher, is that that is what created the opening for her to come back into your life now. Correct. Yeah. Right? Cause you handled it with integrity and authenticity and it gave her the opportunity and you the opportunity to grow a little bit and now come back into each other's lives, which most definitely, I, just, I love that. Yeah. I want to I circle back to the first crossroads here. Um, Ooh, that's going way back. Oh. <laughs> I know. Right. Well, you, you said something and I want to, I want to like, you know, pull it up and magnify it a little bit because I want to make sure we're clear to the audience as they hear mm-hmm. this. Right. Something that I think happens in your late teens, early 20s, especially as young men, young women, is we try and navigate and figure out what does it look like to have kindness and compassion and power? And so you use the words like, how can I be the nice guy, but also a little bit of a dick? And so I, I, I love that because it is, it is exactly what, what we want, but I want to clarify what that actually means. Mm-hmm. Um, because anybody listening, like I'm sure they, they, they really probably felt that in their body when you, you said that, like, oh, yeah, if you're a woman, you're like, I kind of like that. And as a, <laughs> as a man, you're like, but how? How do we do it? Right. So there's this piece of needing to be kind, compassionate, loving with a healthy boundary. Having boundaries, establishing those boundaries, communicating those boundaries, not being afraid to be a leader, to not be always available. We Mm -hmm. call that being a dick, right? But in reality, it's just not being available all the time. Yeah. And how somebody goes about doing that, we might give them a definition of being a dick versus if it's like, (laughs) you know, like I can't hang out on Saturday night, Tracy, because I have a very important meeting I go to every single Saturday night. So as much as I want to see you, I can't do it that night. That's having a good, healthy boundary versus... Tracy's calling you all day Saturday to hang out and you just ghost her till Monday and you're like, Hey girl, what's up? You want to hang? That's being a dick. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. yes, it so, is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm going to go with, I'm gonna go with the first one you just said, Colleen. Uh, I don't <laughs> think I had the second one in me ever. So <laughs> maybe once or a few times, but we'll go with your first definition much better. Yes. Yes. Well, I, <laughs> I, I like to, to clarify what that means. Cause I think sometimes people don't know, right. If you're, right. if you're, looking to date somebody that you want them to have some power, you want them to have some of their own self-assuredness. Really, we're looking for a man with boundaries. We mm-hmm. want him to have his own life, right? We want to we want to be told no occasionally, 
not a lot, but we want to be told no occasionally. <laughs> and and then we want the so- soft, kind heart behind it. Let's be clear, though. I don't know of any of y'all that are listening are in your 20s, but when I was in my 20s, I definitely didn't want what was good for me. <laughs> so I, I'm pretty sure that uh, most of us dating at that time navigated the world with a very different mindset and one yes, that was did. not very healthy, right? Right. It was... We were looking through a different lens back then, you know, it's just like, especially for when you feel like, you know, you kind of have it all and there's just so many different options and just so Mm -hmm. many different things to do, Um, you know, and plus at the same time underneath it all from my upbringing, my mom is like, you know, like, especially growing up with women, I knew how to treat women really well. My mom schooled me very well. I was very chivalrous at the same time and all these things like that, which I still am to this day. So she set the groundwork who I am today, but just learning how to navigate through that and just different scenarios, like you said, I made sure that I did it. In the nicest way possible, of just like you said, making myself a little more unavailable in theory. So, you know, I'd yes. always not have done it the right way, but that's ultimately correct. So today, Christopher Lewis, today, what are some crossroads you you see yourself experiencing, like now, maybe in the near future, where you're at this this place where you have to choose the path of authenticity versus the path of least resistance? Hmm. Um. Wow. As I go looking off into the distance, Colleen, I'm like, mm-hmm, wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that, that's, you know, that's a good one for me right now. It's just learning how to navigate my new career. Obviously, yes. it's something that I've always been navigating. Um, I've been self-employed my whole life. I've been always done it really well. Um, but when you add a new endeavor to your life and a new path, that's a crossroad in itself of just learning how to stop and go. Am I really going to stick with the new path or do I need to backtrack and just kind of continue on what I've been doing? And quite mm-hmm. frankly, what I've been doing it's great, but you know, like my calling has always been leaning towards just, you know, the dating space and the coaching and the relationship space. So um, I'm, I'm one of those guys because I've had enough experience of being self-employed and, and moving forward and learning how to navigate this space. The nervousness and the fear, once again, as they say, always drives you to be great at what you want to do. And right now it's because it's like starting over again in this space and things happening in my life. It's the universe saying that, you know what, it's, it's, it's putting me at a really big crossroads of just like, can you do this? And it's, and it's playing with my mind a little bit, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I know that it's the right thing. And I've, and it's my wit and my, um, my passion have never failed me in the past. So it's not going to fail me now. Um, so I yes. will continue to do what I'm doing and move forward. And if, if anything, it drives me anymore because I, I don't like feeling like I'm falling. I don't like mm-hmm. feeling afraid. So Mm -hmm. that's one thing that pushes me and drives me to say, look, if you feel this way, then you need to make sure you do something about it. I've never been one to sit around and wallow in my pity. I've always been one to just say, you know what, if you're going to do it, do it and do it well. Okay. Ooh. Okay. So I hear so many different sides of you come out just in Mm -hmm. that one explanation, which is great. It's like you're acknowledging this piece of you that's afraid and, and, and does notice the vulnerability of starting a new venture, feeling a little bit like a novice and, and that second guessing that happens. It's extremely normal, right. especially even for someone as, as successful as yourself, right? You have done so many things in your life and now you're taking off in this new adventure. So I hear like the vulnerability. I'm, I'm painting this out for people because I want them to hear what does it look like when we're standing at the crossroads and what do we actually need to do when we're there before we make a decision? So you, A, first... You named that you're afraid, you named some vulnerability, and you did it without shame-based language, I think is really powerful. 
Number two, you then recognize past experience and, and what happened when you were at these places before and recognizing that you've done this before. You are successful in business. This is something that you can rely on. So you pull from past experience to give yourself present knowledge. And then number three, you reaffirm what the fuck you are about. Yeah. Right. Like this is and that. So it's like you're standing at this crossroads and you're not making a decision based on that first gut response. Your first response was, oh, this is scary and a little crunchy. Yeah. This is a little hard. <laughs> like you say crunchy. Right? <laughs> crunchy. It's crunchy. You are making a decision based on what your truth is, which your truth is. This is what I want to do. This is what activates me. I'm going to push through whatever pushback I get. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be okay because this is who I am. And that is where we make the decision from, is this place okay. of assuredness. So, so you're I saying I'm look, good. You, All right. you are. Thanks, Colleen. Good. Yes. And <laughs> step four, get validation from somebody you trust. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've done that right. a lot. You, you being one of them. So, I mean, yes. I, I know that um, the, the audience doesn't know our history, but as little as we have, you know, I mean, I, I really have really admired and. And thank you so much for everything you've said and done. So, Absolutely. I'm excited to see you take on the world. I want you in the dating arena. I want you educating our men and women on what it really means to show up and be your authentic self and in connection. Mm-hmm. I want to know, like, when you think about your special sauce, your special flavor, the thing you're bringing to the coaching world of dating, <laughs> what is Christopher Lewis offering people that is specific to you? Um, well, I'm, I'm not going to say this. I'm not even going to say I hope. I know. I know what's specific to me is the fact that when whoever does come to me and my clients that I want to bring in are people who are willing to do the work in a way that they're mm-hmm. willing to get to the root of their of themselves. And once I yes. can get to the root of who they are, without, that even, without them even knowing, because once we start talking, I usually know after about 10 to 15 minutes on who I'm dealing with and what, what the issue is because of the clairvoyancy and the, and the, what I, what I, that's one of the things I pride myself in just getting to the roots of thing. And so, but my main thing is teaching people how to come to that conclusion themselves. Like I can mm. see it. I will ask the right questions and I will help you get there. But ultimately you will learn how to get to that answer by just coming back to full circle and going, Oh crap. I, I understand now, you know, I can do, I can show you how to do the work, but I'm not going to do the work for you. And that's mm. one of the things that I pride myself in. So, ooh, I love it. And mm-hmm. and I think I think that that's people who want to do the actual work, they want to show up and they want to magnetize a partner that is is their actual match or they're partnered up and they really want to be this healthy, better version of themselves. Mm-hmm. This is exactly it. This is what I think we are missing in the dating world. I want I want two separate pieces here. Christopher, I want what advice would you give somebody who is dating right now? Okay. Haven't found haven't found their person. You can take me if you want to make me a little, a little example here. <laughs> right? What what advice would you give that person? And then on the flip side over here, we're going to say a person who's in a relationship but they're going through some stuff and they're they're trying to navigate growing in that relationship. Yeah. What would be your piece of advice for single, piece of advice for person in in partnership? Right. Well, for the single person, just, um, I always say going with, um, eyes wide open, first of all, Mm -hmm. you know, because we, we all like, I'm going to use it as an example. Um, you know, I know that you're in the dating space right now. 
Um, yep. It can be exciting. It can be scary. And it also, quite frankly, some people just think it's a pain in the ass. Let's just be honest, right? <laughs> because yeah. you're either, you either have someone who's on the full end of the spectrum going, I just want love and I want it now. And then someone on the opposite end going, I guess I need the date now because I've been by myself for a while. So it's just like, just find out why you're doing what you're doing. Why are you dating? You know, is it for, because you know, you're of age now, you know, because your clock is ticking, you know, as far as guys go, because your mom's saying like, I just wish you'd find a nice girl, you know, and something like that. We all have these extraneous things that are from outside sources coming that are actually giving us these sort of, you know, push and pull. Um, but mm. I want you to make sure you're doing it for you. You know, is it, is it, the, is the timing right? Are you in a good place right now? Are you happy enough in your own singular body at this moment to say, I can now give this to someone else? And that's the easiest way I can say for a single person. Mm, now, in a relationship okay. side of things, which I'm in right now, um, as you know, I've been six years in now again, it's that thing for me going, I need to make sure that I'm showing up every day for the mm. person that I'm with. And, you know, we also get stuck in our, um, stuck in our daily routines. We get stuck in our work. We get stuck in a lot of things, but we need to learn to make time for each other. And these are things that I'm going through right now as well with my partner, where it's just like, you know, we were even talking about on how, um, we need to make sure you know, everyone says we'll have a date night, you know, but what does that truly mean? You know, date night can mean so many things, but for us, it's trying to figure out something that keeps us, we have our own, in other words, I guess I'm gonna say we all have our own separate lives, right? In theory, like she's busy, I'm busy. But we need to find something that a common middle ground that we both want to experience, try and enjoy together. You know, like, for instance, I play tennis. She's not big in the tennis. She has her thing. I'm not big in her thing. Right. So we need to find mm -hmm. something that's a good common ground that we're both like, yes, we're excited for this. We're excited to do it, Ooh. whether it be traveling, whether it be as simple as axe throwing, whether it be as simple as just, you know, getting up in the middle of like the living room like we did the night. And just I just turn on music. We just start dancing. Something oh. that gives you that connection. And it's and sometimes that little three to four minutes connecting can last, mm. you know, a person days because, mm -hmm. you know, you're right back in sync with each other. So um, so that's that side of it. I love I love both of these. And I wanted you to highlight the two different pieces, because obviously my, my listeners run the gamut. Right. Some of them mm -hmm. are single. Some of them are in a relationship. Something I find a lot, Christopher, is that the people who are here to grow that are in relationship Sometimes they struggle to get their spouse, their partner also in a position of growing, right? So right. They, they're committed, they're listening to this podcast, they're doing the work, but their partner isn't. What would you recommend they do or say in order to activate this person into or inspire them to grow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so something that, I, that I've been trying to tell everyone as of recent, um, this is a great question you asked, is because it's been resonating with a lot of people I've been talking with lately. Um, and it's just the communication in general. You know, if you, if you guys in relationships right now, you have to continuously communicate. And I understand what you're saying, Holly. I'm sorry, Colleen, that um, someone is always going to be in that moment where they feel like they're leading more than the other. They're doing more of the work than the other, right? And then the other person yes. is just kind of just numb, just just kind of flatline, right? So um, I like to say in a relationship that, you know, everything has to be ebb and flowing. You know, the one person might be the yin, the other might be the yang. So you always mm -hmm. have to be stepping up at certain times. If you're not feeling that from your other partner, I feel like you need to just basically just let them know. And a lot of people get stuck in a point where they just make excuses for their partner um, they just don't, they're just afraid to communicate what they need from their partner. Whereas it could be as simple as just asking a question. And one of the things I always say is the fact that your partner is either going to say yes or no. 
Well, I mean, how, yeah. think of how simple that is. They're either going to agree with you or not agree with you. But if you never ask the questions and communicate what you want, you're never going to receive that. And so what happens now? That's just going to fester inside of you. You're just going to get, you know, either really upset with this person. You're going to feel like I'm doing this all by myself. I'm not getting any help. And whereas if you just ask for what you want, the other partner might snap them out of it just that quickly mm. and be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't know I was doing that. Sure. I'd love to be back on this ship with you. I'd love to get back on board with you and join the ride with you again. But, um, you know, but you, you have to be able to have that sense of communication or to get to that point. Like for myself, mm -hmm. if my partner, which, you know, at the beginning, she wasn't the best communicator. Um, but, you know, I've, I've, I've made her become better. You know, I, I, I wanted that. I've sought that out from day one to where she says things now where I'm like, like, holy shit. Like, are you, where'd this come from? Like, but she goes, well, because you wanted to, you told me to be like this. And so, yeah. and I did. You know, so it's sometimes she has to rattle and shake the, you know, the apple, I'm the apple out of the tree and she needs to sh shake my ass out of the tree sometimes. So, yeah, but it has to happen both ways. Oh, I agree. I think one of the most challenging things I see in relationships or even in the early dating stages is people are afraid to be very direct and very mm -hmm. real with one another, right? They, they indirectly ask a question or they avoid it or they try and make an assumption. And then when it's too late, they wonder what happened. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I think this, like what you're saying here is be direct, communicate what you need. And honestly, maybe you have, maybe you have been direct, maybe you have communicated what you need. So then you have to ask, then the question is within yourself, right? Like what kind of boundaries can I set if, if this person is not being activated by my language and right. it's not about yeah, playing big games, decisions but it sometimes. is sometimes, yes, it's a crossroads, right? Yeah, it's one of right. those moments this where you're like, I'll be very honest. This is what ended that ended my, my, your, my marriage for 17 years. You know, my, uh, my ex at the time was asking for a lot and I was hearing her. I just mm -hmm. couldn't, like you said, I couldn't activate myself to respond in the way that she needed me to. So yeah. as years went past or the latter part of it, she finally, you know, because of our communication said, I don't want to be married anymore. So we went to therapy for about a year. And then a year later, she goes, I think I'm done. And one of the things that I want your listeners to know for myself at the time, because once again, this is, goes back to full circle to the beginning of this uh, conversation, is that I have no ego. And so when she literally said, I think I'm done, the first thing that I did the next time we went to therapy, like this was probably three days later, we had our session. I said, I read her this letter. Do you think that you could be loved? Da, da, da. And she goes, you know what? I think I'm done. So I looked at her and I said, mm -hmm. I'm sorry that I didn't live up to my end of the bargain. And so I looked mm -hmm. at the therapist and I said, now let's talk exit strategy for us. And that's what we did. But I, because we're both accountable, it's nothing that she did wrong. She just needed more from me. I wasn't yeah. in the space to give it. And so I let my ego, I mean, ego, this is what would have created a lot of problems right there because I would have been hurt so bad. I would have lashed out, which mm. most people do in that scenario. Yep. But I yep. looked at her and I went, I'm sorry, I didn't live up to end of the bargain. And yeah. to this day, you know, we're great friends, you know, for our kids or we do holidays together. We do a lot of things together, but it's just, it's just what I wanted out of the relationship because we were together for so long. There had there needed to not be any animosity, any mm. anger in the whole thing. So Yes. And the exit strategy, I think, is something that we should all invest more time and energy into. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I too am divorced and my my ex and I have a really fabulous relationship because we took care of each other in the exit. You know, I there there are definitely hard moments. There will be yes, hard moments moving forward. But like when you take the time to really care for the other person and care for yourself in the moments where you are 
dissolving a relationship, it gives you the opportunity to have a different kind of relationship in the future. Just That's like correct. with you, your current girlfriend, right? You you honored the ending of that relationship in a way that, that aligned with your integrity. So then later down the line, you had another opportunity to be with her. You yeah, ended, and- ended your marriage with integrity. Now I'm sure you're really great co-parents, right? Like there's uh. these incredible moments when you actually honor that part. Right. Right. And once again, it just stems from just being your true authentic self, knowing who you are, knowing what your what paths that you've taken in our lives. Um, because we do change. Like, you know, that's one thing about you were saying earlier about relationships as well that I want to mention is obviously, you know, you can start at point A at the same space, but then eventually you're going to grow apart, but you need to find a way to navigate that time together in a relationship. Um, for daters mm-hmm. now, once again, it's just once you just have to be ready to get out there and to put your mm-hmm. best foot forward. And quite frankly, one of the things I wanted to say about earlier is just have fun. When you're out there dating, yes. make it fun. Don't make it like you feel like you have to, like it's some sort of like like hardline commitment or you have a deadline to follow. Just enjoy the ride because sometimes mm-hmm. you'd be surprised that you're, you're going to meet a lot of new people doing this. Um, hopefully mm-hmm. the other side of <laughs> what I'm talking about are good people and just not some crazy weirdo or some jerk in general. But, you know, for the most part, enjoy the ride. And I hope that your picker's good at that point too, because you can't yes. have clarity unless that happens. Correct. And okay. So Chris, what I would love to do for our listeners here is you are clearly a gem of incredible knowledge. And I think that there's a lot, there's a lot of people that are listening on my podcast that do navigate this dating world and, and might really benefit from your services. So how do they find you? And you know, what are you available for right now? Um, so you can find me at Dating Intelligence um, and on all social. Um, you can also go to my website. It's uh, dating-intelligence.com. You know, so everything's pretty much on there. You can find all my stuff there. Um, but I'm available for everyone right now through Calendly for a 15-minute uh, consultation, free consultation. So just try it out. Just, you know, sign up on Calendly. Just 15 minutes. That's all I need with you. And once we yep. get together... Um, hopefully you'll like what I'm doing and you will get you moving forward in your dating space. And if there, if you have any questions, just email me or whatever it is as well, but just go to my website or my socials at dating intelligence. Mm, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for you because what I see that you have let burn in order to be who you are today, is not just the ego, but it's about this idea that you have to be one person mm-hmm. and do one thing your whole life. Like I see you evolve. I see you grow. I see you expand. I see you step into your truth. And I want you to continue to do that wherever this path leads. I mean, thank you. You you have something to share. You have something that is that is powerful. And we need help. We need help. Christopher, thank please you. help us. <laughs> help the, us. Hu- the human connection. It's not, it's not, it doesn't have to be so hard. You know, I just feel like I've been in put in so many different situations, scenarios, and I've come out just happy. And one of the biggest things that I tell people is the fact that, you know, my, my tagline is like, you know, meet me today, be memorable tomorrow. And that's, Mm -hmm. I want everyone to think about that because whomever you meet today, whether you're in the best mood, worst mood, whatever it is, just be kind, just be, you know, human. And, and I, I promise you the world would be such a better place if everyone was, it'd be such an easy place if everyone was. So. I agree. 
I agree. Uh, we are going to, okay, we are going to close on that note because I don't think I could close it any better. <laughs> Christopher, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. I am so honored to have you on and I cannot wait to continue to have these conversations. I will put everything in the show notes for you all, but please go check him out and hire him in all of the ways. Give him the 15 minute call, see what happens, see what magic gets sparked. And uh, until next time. Thank, Thank you so you much guys. for having me on your show. This is amazing. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single second that you chose to set aside for you and the impact that you're going to have on the world today. To be inspired, to be seen, and to hold space starts with the very actions we take with ourselves. Look at the show notes for more information. Like and subscribe and share with friends if you feel inspired to. And as always, let the rest burn. Burn.